Who's still riding high from Friday? This guy right here. Let's go. Live from the BiffNet Studios World Headquarters in Spring, Texas, it's Barry on Deck. Hosted by former ESPN Houston radio host and stand-up comedian, Barry Laminat. Starring Oliver the Cat. Written by Barry Laminat. Produced by Barry Laminat. Directed by, you guessed it, Barry Laminat. Featuring sports, entertainment, special guests, film sessions, and some drinking. Okay, a lot of drinking. Viewer discretion is advised. And now, here's your host, Barry Laminak. What's up, you damn dirty dickheads? Welcome to Barry on Deck. I am your host, Barry Laminak. Thank you guys for being here. Today is uh, Monday, Wednesday, I wish. Monday, December 20th, 2021. And this is episode number 300. And 89 of Barry on Deck, as always, Barry on Deck, brought to you by the AP Law Group. If you have been injured in an accident, do yourself a favor, do yourself a solid. Don't get caught with your pants down like a fool. And the insurance company's taking advantage of you. Call the AP Law Group, 713-913-GO-AP, or log on to aplawgroup.com. Hey, welcome to the show. Welcome to the program. Uh, wow. Anything good happened last week? Huh? Man, I am still over the moon about Friday's show, the streamathon. Um, can't thank you guys and gals enough for making that all happen and possible. And oh, I forgot to update the stream bot, so he's going to be weird for the day. Uh, look, what we accomplished as a community on Friday was nothing short of amazing. And I also want to say thank you to everybody that came out on Saturday. And put your mouth where your money is. That sounded weird. Uh, but a lot of you that were participate, participants in the streamathon, the second annual Barry on Deck streamathon on Friday, didn't just stop there. You showed up on Saturday, and uh, it was amazing. I'm going to have some photos. I got to get these off my phone. Uh, maybe I'll do them tomorrow. I just didn't get to it today. But I do have some photos that I'll share with you uh probably tomorrow from the our event, our effort uh, in helping the charity that we did the streamathon for, Zoe's Outreach Ministries. Cece and Matt Poche and Fidel, TDP, uh, VB and FAM, myself, uh, a lot of us showed up. Am I forgetting anybody? I hope I'm not forgetting anybody. Uh, and passed out um, sweatshirts and gloves and hats and toiletries and and, and necessary items uh, and, and for the homeless. We helped Zoe's Outreach do that, and then we all met at Cobo's afterward and had some drinks and hung out, and despite the rain, still had a great time, and it was cool hanging out with everybody and just getting to see folks. Oh, your friend Jamie, that's right. My bad, Cece. Your friend Jamie was there. It was a lot of fun. Uh, it, was a, it was a great time and done for a worthy cause and some worthy people. Um, we... we, we uh, you meet a lot of folks when you do stuff like this on both sides, right? You meet some folks that are um, fortunate and helping, and you meet some folks that are not fortunate and needing of help. And you realize at the end of the day, we're all just people. 
and we're all trying to figure things out. And um, it was very cool to do that. And I, I want to just take a second and recommend that each of you, if you have an opportunity, get out and do something like that. If it's not with Zoe's Outreach, if it's not with your church, or if you don't go or whatever, um, take a moment, volunteer, go do something for somebody else. It, uh, it'll make you feel better. It'll make them feel better. It is a win, win, win all the way around. Uh, what's up with Philip dealing with an emergency situation. Catch the replay. Love you. Hey, we love you too. Philip Barnard. Hope you get better, buddy. Hope everything turns out. Okay. Um, Hey, let's do this. Let's get to the, to, to the very first thing we always get to the greatest decade in the history of the world, at least for the next hour and change. I know I started pretty early. I caught you guys off guard. Shelby. Let's go. Shelby first in the chat. First super chat. First like suck it hose. Look, Jeff Bell has reached out to me. And Jeff Bell has said he has calculated the Triple Crown winner for 2021. And um, I will have that for you uh, probably first week of of the new year. We'll we'll get into that the first week of the new year. Uh, But let's say Shelby is in the running. Shelby is a top three for sure for triple crown winner uh but shelby thank you for being here sweetie thank you for showing up early thank you all for showing up early you can see on the screen others got here early kd was second tdp was third uh mr one percent chris reyes was here uriel villanueva john dory rudolph rodriguez with our message of the decade sanitized wash hands social distance cisco all the way from high uh, Aaron J. Bryant, AJB was here, as well as Steven uh, Lil Uzi, the, the weather guy, with his weather forecast. Hadn't had one of these in a long time. He said, uh, current conditions at BiffNet World Headquarters, 54 degrees, dew point 40 degrees, cloudy, 70% chance Barry cries today. I I don't know. I mean, I, got, I think I got all my crying out um, Friday. I think there comes a point where exhaustion takes over and crying becomes... Um, secondary to just just rest and sleep and exhaustion um but i I actually held it together better than i thought i would on friday uh after we hit that total so and we'll get to that we'll get to a lot more but just want to thank everybody else that showed up here today vb what's up dude thank you for being here joe pro what's up famo uh the real real lisa's in the building hello sweetie how are you who else showed up early for us? Uh, truck driver poop. We got John Dory. Oh wait, no, I'm, I gotta move over here. That's the wrong. That's the wrong page, dumbass. Mark G, what's up, Playboy dude? I hope you're feeling better. I really do. Uh, I hope things are improving for you. Terrence, what's up, fam? I love me some Terrence J. You guys, that's a good dude. Jen, my sweets, how are you? Eric Resendez, what's up, Playboy? Thank you for your contributions. Uh, Justin Swinford, what's up, dude? Uh, who else? CC, what's up, CC? Uh, Tony Garza, you handsome some bitch. How are you? And I think that's uh, I think I got most there. Dandy Dan, what's up, fam? Dandy Dan, Matt Poche, I got Fidel, I got G Man, the original super chatter. What's up, dude? Thank you for being here. Hi, Rob. What's up? Rob's in early. I love it. Chris Mina, how are you, my friend? Thank you for showing up and showing out and being here. I think I got everybody. Whoa, what's up, fam? Philip, get better. Uh, TDP got. Keith, what's up, dude? Matt, good to see you. Jimmy John, thank you. Congratulations on winning. I forgot what Jimmy John won, but he won something too. Okay, uh, let's get to it. We have we have much to discuss. Um, a quick streamathon recap. 
And uh, then we'll do some uh, business of the day, and then we'll get into the sports headlines, and we'll do a regular show. So, real quick, I just wanted to say I was hoping to get to see Jen. They're, they're starting to wither a little bit, but I was hoping to have seen Jen on Saturday when we met at uh, Zoe's Outreach. Uh, what was it? Homeless Holiday for the Homeless? But I didn't. But, Jen, I bought you these flowers, and I didn't get to give them to you because you couldn't make it, unfortunately. But I just wanted you to be able to see them. I sent you a picture, but these are your flowers that I didn't get to give you. But those were for you because I love and appreciate you so much. Uh, I would like to all just pause and give it up for Jen, who is the unsung hero and the MVP of the Streamathon. Uh, it does not happen without her. Uh, she's amazing. She's an amazing human being. She's an amazing worker bee. When it comes to getting shit done, Jen is, is the man, I guess. Okay. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I love and appreciate you so much, Jen. Thank you for everything you've done for me, for this show, for the streamathon, for the deckheads, uh, one and all when, and, and I know we all love you. I know I love you. Uh, and I appreciate you because honest to God, guys, I said it on the show that streamathon doesn't happen without Jen making it happen. Seriously. I was ready to call it. I was like, eh, one's good done. I'm too exhausted mentally, physically and whatnot. And she wouldn't let that happen. And because of her. This is what we were able to raise. I know a lot of you were there, but this is what we were able to accomplish on Friday. Uh, again, an amazing, amazing number and um, just unbelievable how all of you showed up and showed out. Now, here's the deal. We've got we've got a lot to do uh, after the streamathon is over. It just doesn't end on Friday night. So we've got to get this stuff that was auctioned and uh, raffled and all that. We've got to get that to the winner. So we'll be working on that. We've got to get the money to Zoe's outreach. So if you did buy raffle tickets, if you did win an auction item, one of the big things you can do to help Jen and myself out and save us some time is make sure you're paid up on the bidding owl website. Make sure that you get there. And if you have some of you have some outstanding raffle tickets that you need to pay for, but I will be hitting you up. And, uh, and same thing for the auction items. If you want an auction item, please make sure you get that paid for. What that'll allow us to do is get the stuff to you, to you guys and get the money over to Zoe's Outreach so that they can start planning their 2022 and helping our communities as they do. So please make sure you take care of any open items you have. Um, if you're in doubt, hit me up or hit Jen up and we can tell you if you owe anything. Um, so yeah that's super importante right now though and then again we're going to be working on getting you your items as you know and as we put on each item you are responsible for the shipping and we do that so that we don't have to take the money away from the the charity themselves i mean we could pay for the shipping but then we'd lose hundreds and hundreds of dollars um that that could otherwise be going to everybody so please make sure you uh get with us jen and i will get you your items if we want to do a pickup uh, maybe that can be arranged as well. Some of you live in my area. Some of you live in Jen's area. Um, so we might be able to arrange a quick little drop off or pick up or something like that. I've already delivered uh, the, the the $850 worth of whiskey that was purchased. I got that dropped off. Um, I'm going to be getting with Jen because Todd, my vet that lives right up here, won the bat. We're going to get that to him. He wanted Derek Lewis sign glove. I've got that. I think he did. No, he won U of H ticket. So we're going to get it all taken care of, whether it's shipped or delivered or by hand. We're going to make that happen. And, and if we can meet you, 
and save the shipping costs. We'd absolutely do that. I know I will do that. So that rolls me into something else. Let's talk about programming notes for the rest of this year for this show. By the way, we're on Podbean, not on Facebook anymore. That experiment's over with. That failed. Uh, we were getting one or two listeners or viewers at the most, just not enough interest in it being on Facebook. And that's okay. That's not the platform for us. So for the rest of the year, at least these last couple of days will be on YouTube only, uh, and going forward. Now we are on Podbean, So if you need to listen on Podbean, the, I tweeted the link out, um, but download the Podbean app and you can find Barry on deck there and listen live without having to watch on YouTube. So let's talk about the rest of the year and the show and what's going down. So I was going to take, I was going to do this show and then take the rest of the week off and then come back and do, you know, just pick up where we left off and do the rest of the show. So I was going to give myself four days off or maybe take off the next Monday and be done. And here's what I've decided. Um, I think... I am, Rob said, Mark Z is set. Yeah, I'm sure he's really hurting for those two views I was giving him on Facebook. Uh, here's here's what's going to happen for the rest of the year, and there's several reasons why I've decided to do it this way. Like I said, I was going to do a show today. Starting tomorrow, I was going to be off until next Tuesday. I have, I have pivoted. I have changed my mind as I, I was going to do that to acquiesce to some folks that maybe needed me to acquiesce to them, but I have decided that. I've got to start making decisions um, that not benefit me, uh, but take take into my uh, take into account my <laughs> mental and physical state of mind. So, because of that, uh, Wednesday will be the last show for the year. Wednesday will be the last show for the year. Uh, we will reconvene on Monday whatever that is after the first. So I guess that's the first is Saturday. So the third Monday, the third will be my next show. Uh, so we have today, tomorrow and Wednesday. That is it for the year. Now I will take some of that time to wrap up the streamathon and get you guys your stuff. I will take some of that time to plan uh, 2022, not just for Barry on deck. You got to understand there's also a comedy career. I'm trying to grow and plan as well. So I'll be doing that. Uh, and you know, just generally trying to get my shit together and get some rest in the process. So, um, looking forward to some of the time off a little nervous. I'll be, if I'm being honest, I've always said this, I've never really taken any time off because I've always felt like if I do, people won't come back, but I, I gotta just trust that the people that want to come back will come back. And those that don't probably were going to leave anyways. So there you go. House gets my ass house. I said, wait, 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 you do comedy. Not as good as you, obviously. Ugh. Uh, so, so yeah, today, tomorrow, Wednesday, off for the rest of the year. We will reconvene January 3rd of 2022 and uh, hopefully recharged and rejuvenated and maybe you guys won't be sick of me and we'll uh, we'll get back after it. So that's the plan. Tomorrow, Donnie Houston is going to rejoin me on the show. Had him on before, had some technical difficulties. Really just want to get him on because I want to get his thoughts and two cents on what happened with the Astroworld tragedy and uh, performing and all that. So that'll be cool. So tomorrow, 315 to 345, Donnie Houston is going to join me. Wednesday, we do one more show, and then we are done. We are done uh, for the year. So there you go. And no, there's no more three hours this week. 
No extras. I know I owe you all that. We're going to, I got to reevaluate all that shit going forward in 2022. What's up, Cherry? What's up, Demata? What's up, Total Dallas? Um, yeah, how said I get super scared about canceling streams worrying no one will return? That's 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 it. And but I think at the end of the day, House, what I've what I've come to realize is just kind of like in anything, those that want to be here are going to return. And and those that aren't, well, those are usually the ones that were gonna fade away at some point anyway. So there you go. Uh that's so much vacation fairy. Oh, oh, says the queen of vacations. Says the queen of man, y'all should have seen the way Cece took charge. At the Zoe's outreach event on Saturday. She was like, everyone, sit down. I got this. She don't play. CC's a boss. Like a boss. Uh, well, said I'm glad you're taking some time off. I haven't taken a vacation day in over three years. Bro, what? Well, you got to get some time off, dude. Got to get some time off. That's crazy. That's crazy talk. Uh, let's see. It's not going to happen, TDP. I know who bought it. What was that about? Oh, let me know if the winner of the Pulp Fiction poster does pay because I'll cover it. The, they swooped in at the last minute and beat me on it. Oh, that's the fun and sad part of an auction is, you know, people uh, waiting to the last second to get it in. So, yeah, CC stepped in and ran shit like a boss. So, uh, Tony said, I'm moving to Europe so I can get some time off. That is true, dude. Like, it's weird how we we're we're. They always say we're uh, uh, the the wussification of America, but a lot of us don't get vacations or enough. Like in Europe, them sons of bitches. Yeah, look. Oh, Joe Pro. <laughs> I take vacation Monday through Thursday, 2 to 4 p.m. every day. Oh, I love you, Joe Pro. Uh, yeah, it, it, it's one of those things where, you know, over in Europe, they get all kind of nap time during the day and shit. What? What? I always forget if it's siesta or fiesta. I don't remember. I don't think they would name a grocery store nap time. So I'm pretty sure it's siesta is the nap time. Fiesta is party time, right? I think that's okay. Um, yeah, siesta. They get siesta time. They get they work four days a week, Monday through Thursday. They. I want to move to Europe too. They're on holiday all the time in Europe. I know it's like a country full of Crystal Collins is out there. It's crazy. It's crazy talk. Um, all right. So I got the programming note out of the way. I got the, the, the streamathon stuff taken care of. I will be hitting you up. Get paid folks. In fact, I saw, I saw, uh, let's just do this. I don't want to call anybody out. I'm not going to put it on the screen. All right. But I will, for those that are listening, I'm going to run through and tell you who has open items. Um, we go so it just gives me a line that says paid yes or no okay so just i just this will be super easy that way and then we'll still reach out we'll still jen and i will still contact everybody but all right here's the no paids and this could mean you just have like a raffle ticket that you got to pay for or whatever Lindsay huey has not paid christopher hart <gasps> has not paid uh ludwig armstrong has not paid shelby tucker has not paid callie carter has not paid. Uh, let's see. James Dobbs has not. Tyler McKee has not. Michael Liebeshock has not. Uh, Robert Likes Beer has not. Casey Brown has not. Wallace Wiltz has not. And uh, John Parker has not. AJ Hoffman has not. 
Scott Vaughn has not. Now, I know in some of these cases, you didn't win anything. You don't have to pay. Okay? So, like, AJ, he had bid on some stuff and didn't win anything, so it says he's not paid. Well, he's not paid because he doesn't have anything to pay. So, if I read your name, that doesn't necessarily mean you owe money. It just means maybe you bid on something and didn't get to pay for it. Um, so, that's all that means. Okay? Cool? Cool. Gasp, I thought I bought raffle tickets. You did, uh, Shelby, let me go, let me look at your account real quick, sweetie. I can tell you right off the rip what it says. Hold on, let me go back here. One, Shelby, it says you paid for your general, your targeted, your general, your general, but you did not pay for the So Smoking Gooder raffle tickets. You bought three tickets for the barbecue that you did not pay for. That's what it says. So, yeah, it just says you owe, you have a $25 uh, balance. So there you go. I mean, like I said, this is probably a ticket here or a ticket there. It's no big deal. And we'll all be reaching out and getting, getting you all squared away. No big deal. Um, but yeah, so expect Jen and I to be hitting you up. Hey, thank you to the five people listening on Podbean. Okay, now let's start with some, uh, let's get into some sports. That's what we're all really doing. All right, here are your sports headlines for the day. Sources are saying, and by the way, by the way, uh, there was two conflicting headlines for this. One headline said that that uh, Baker Mayfield might actually get to play and be cleared. And then shortly after that, it says, no, Mayfield and Keenum don't clear the COVID list and now must uh, sit out the game. So, uh, yeah. No Mayfield, no Keenum. Don't clear the COVID list, won't be playing. Steve Kerr was announced as a U.S. men's basketball coach. Here's the funny thing. I thought about this when I saw this headline. I was like, remember when we used to say that Steve Kerr was just a product of Steph Curry and Draymond Green and Clay Thompson and Kevin Durant? Then you're like, oh, yeah, and then they lost all that and they sucked for a year. But, but, but they have Steph and Draymond, and that's really it, and now they're – one of the best teams in basketball again. And I don't know. I know the coach is always going to get too much credit when they win and not enough or too much credit when they lose, not enough credit when they win. But I think this is, I think he's earned this, especially after this year, when you look at the kind of year that they're having and they still don't have clay Thompson back. So they're still not back to their big three, uh, that was so dominant for so long. Look, I think Steve Kerr does a good job. And, uh, we saw what Luke Walton did, right? Luke Walton, it, he he was hot after coming after uh, following Steve Kerr when Steve Kerr was out for a while, and now all of a sudden, he's not. So um, good for Steve Kerr. Congratulations to him for uh, being announced as USA Men's Basketball Coach. Uh, I guess for the next four years, I guess. Huh. All right, UConn is out of the women's basketball AP top twenty top top twenty. Excuse me, top ten for the first time in six. 15 years can you believe it can you believe it i don't look there wasn't that many headlines this year this week okay if i'm being honest today not an easy headline day so yeah we got to put some women's basketball top 10 in the headlines baylor bears stayed number one in the ap top 25 arizona wildcats moved to number six uh was 14 after a loss to bama but climbed already back to 13 so there you go trevor lawrence wants to give his input on the next jag coach jags coach i should say the next coach of the jacksonville jaguars let me tell you something 
This is a catch-22 if you're Shad Khan and the Jacksonville Jags because so far Trevor Lawrence has looked eh. Eh. I mean, you guys probably watched the game on Sunday yesterday when he played the Texans. That's the Texans, and he couldn't get anything done. The Texans, one of the worst defenses in football, and he couldn't make anything happen. So I understand there's turmoil and all that, but I, I it's got to make you at least pause if you're the front office of the Jacksonville Jags and the fan base and go, ooh, maybe we missed it happens. I mean, he was the right pick. You had to take him, and there's still a long way to go before you determine that. But when you start to get into week 15, can you really say this guy's a rookie? Like, he's got 15 NFL games under his belt. I know that's not a ton. But but now, so you're telling me when he start game one of year two, all of a sudden he's markedly better? I mean, everybody's going to progress differently, but you've now played in 15 NFL games. This isn't week two. This is week 15. So he's got to show signs of improvement, and he really hasn't. If you can't go up and make shit happen against a Texans defense, you're just not making progress at this point. And if you're the Jags, do you really want to give the kids say in who gets hired if maybe he's not the long-term solution for your team? It's just something to think about if you're the Jags. I, I get You kind of put all your eggs in the Trevor Lawrence basket at this point, so you kind of have to acquiesce and let him... Let him have some say in it or at least get his input, right? But then here's the risk you run. Here's the risk you run. They did this with Deshaun Watson here in Houston. Hey, yeah, we're going to go out and get a new head coach. We're getting rid of Bill O'Brien. Let's get your input. And then they ignore it. And then he says, why would you ask me? I want out. So what are you going to do? Um. Lastly, Carson Wentz has played enough snaps now this year for the Eagles to get the Colts' first-round pick. So if you're a Philly fan, good for you. You're going to get Indy's pick. I mean, Indy's probably a playoff team. Boy, they're looking good, man. Looking good. Jonathan Taylor, MVP talk. Come on. So, uh, yeah, Philly gets the Colts' first-round pick. Colts could use some help still, I think, but uh, not playing bad right now. That's for damn sure. Amos said he might not be getting good coaching. And and while that's probably true, Amos, there's something to be said, though, just for experience, right? Like just the speed of the game, decision-making. Some of that just comes with experience. So I think you, you, you can probably say he wasn't getting good coaching. I, this is probably a pretty fair and accurate statement in regards to Trevor Lawrence and, and Urban Meyer being his head coach. And apparently, uh, from everything I've read from different articles in regards to the Urban Meyer situation, him being fired, uh, dude was an asshole. Uh, Urban Meyer was a complete asshole to everybody around him. And I thought it was very interesting and telling about the kind of person that Trevor Lawrence is when asked about the whole situation with Urban Meyer. He said, I just... Sending him a text and said, I'm rooting for him, and I hope that, you know, this situation improves for him because right now it, he needs us and he needs support. And I was like, wow, that says a lot. Because if I was probably in that situation, I'd be like, boy, bye. But good for Trevor Lawrence for taking the high road and being a better person than me. 
Um, so, yeah, Trevor Lawrence going to have input on the Jags coach. Boy, they talk about a, a, another team in disarray. There are several of them. All right, so let's do this. Let's get to week 15 recap in the NFL. Let me, let me pull this up here. Okay, why is my internet? Oh, got to type it all right, Barry, you dumbass. Who you talk, who you call a dumbass? Um, uh, desktop capture. Boop, 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 boop. Hey, zoom out. Okay. Totally didn't zoom out. What the hell just happened there? Oh, I think I know. There we go. There we go. Zoom out. Thank you. Uh, we're gonna get to that dubs, I promise. I see your your Derek Lewis question. we I've got Derek Lewis uh as a topic on the show, so we are gonna get to that. I promise uh he's an asshole to everyone but his dope dealer yeah that's probably you can't be a dick to your dope dealer that's not a good thing you definitely don't want to be rude to your to your dope dealer that's good that's true uh that's a good point too uh vb saying his butterfingers receivers didn't help yeah also though vb don't you got to kind of put it where they can catch it I mean, hit them, hit them in the bread basket. I, I know some of those throws were a little off, a little high, and you have to. Some of those would be pretty, you know, should be easy catches still, but be a little more accurate. That's all I'm saying. All right, here is uh, week fifteen in the NFL. Uh, we'll we'll just start with Saturday's matchup: uh, Colts Patriots. Because I tell you what, man. The discussion of Jonathan Taylor as an MVP candidate, while warranted, we know he's not going to win MVP. But as I said on Sports Riot when Shock and uh, Kyle King, uh, when we did the show yesterday, if you missed that, talked a little bit about it. And listen, what is value if not Jonathan Taylor on the Colts? I understand. The Packers aren't the Packers without Aaron Rodgers. Totally get it. Totally. The Bucs aren't the Bucs without Tom Brady. Well, the Bucs ain't the Bucs without Mike Evans, Godwin, and Fournette, apparently. That was an awful display last night. Unless you're a Saints fan. Still awful. But an ugly win's a win. Um, but, you know, when it comes to value, think about how much va- value Jonathan Taylor really has on that Colts team. Are the Colts as good as they are without him? I don't think so. I mean, T.Y. Hilton is a shell of himself. Carson Wentz is Carson Wentz. It's it's a good defense, not a great defense. But I, I think you've really got to give very strong consideration to Jonathan Taylor because, I mean, do what he put up, 170. I'm clicking on the wrong thing. He put up 170. 170 yards rushing. Against one of, if not the, the best defenses in football right now. And everybody knew. I mean, Carson Wentz was 5 of 12 for 57 yards. Pretty much everybody in the building knew what was going to happen. Jonathan Taylor is going to run the football. If that doesn't happen, we'll see you next year. That's basically it. I mean, look at this dude's output year, or excuse me, week after week. Let's go over here. Let's go to game log. Look, this is this is his game log. All right. 
He starts off with 56 yards, 51 yards, 64 yards, 103 yards, 53 yards. And then he gets his coming out party against the Texans. 145, 107, 70, 172, 116, 185. 185 against the Bills defense. 83 against Tampa, 143 and 170. I mean, folks, the dude's already got 1,500 yards rushing. And they've got a couple games to go. There's value in it. There's, there's real value in what he is uh, as an MVP candidate. And I, I think anybody that would try to tell you that that's not the case, that he's not a top three candidate in the NFL right now, is not being truthful with themselves. I know it's a quarterback league. I know it's a quarterback award, but he's got to have some consideration. Uh, real quick, I want to see where he sits. Let's go offensive rushing leaders. So, yeah, it's not even close. Joe Mixon is second. Now, Obviously, if Derrick Henry was healthy, he'd be giving Jonathan Taylor a run for his money. But I think that that would be, both of those guys would be in the discussion. Um, Danny Dan said, if JT keeps it up and does not get MVP, I give up on the award. That's, But he's not going to, Dan. Like, you know that, right? Jonathan Taylor could run for 2,000 yards. He could go for 250 over the next couple of games. How many games do they have left? They're eight and six. They got three games left. If he's doing 170 a game, it's very possible he hits 2,000 yards rushing. Very possible. Who are they playing? Who are are the Colts playing uh, their last three games? Probably division games. Let's see. Colts have the Cardinals, the Raiders, and the Jags. Well, he's going to get at least 150 against the Jags. That Raiders defense is no great chase. Cardinals defense is okay. Yeah, it's very, very likely that he's going to uh, gonna eclipse 2,000 yards. It's very likely. And Wallace says he'll get OPY. He'll get Offensive Player of the Year. Cool. But that's not the same thing. That is, that is the, um, hey, we know we can't give you this award because we don't. That's just the way it is. It's a bullshit second-place trophy. But I will tell you, we saw the one game Aaron Rodgers missed when Jordan Love played. And good Lord, it was ugly. So I'm not discounting what what Aaron Rodgers is and what he means to the Packers. And I'm certainly not discounting what Tom Brady means to the Bucs. But the Bucs have so much talent offensively and defensively. I mean, hold on. Let's 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 do this real quick. Let's just go take a look. Let's go statistics. Let's look at team stats. Not even offensive. Let's look at team defense. Let's let's do points per game. All right. The Bucks are giving up 21 points a game. They're what? 1 2 3 4 5 6 7 8 9 10 11 12. So they're 12th. So they're almost middle of the pack defensively. Uh, where are the Colts at? Okay, so they're right in the same area, twenty-one point four. If and where was the other one? Oh, Green Bay. Uh, there we go, twenty-one point six. They're all so all three defenses that play with them are about the same. Now let's look offensively. 
points per game. All right, the Bucks, 29.3. A lot of that has to, a lot, a lot, a lot of that has to do with, with Tom Brady. The Colts are third. The Colts are third, the third best offense, scoring offense in football right now at 28.4. And then way down here at 25, well, I say way, 25.6 is the Green Bay Packers. When you look at rushing yards per game, Eagles at 160, the Colts at 157, and the Eagles have a rushing quarterback. So that Colts is all Jonathan Taylor. Passing yards, obviously the Bucks, Green Bay's down there a little bit. Indy's nowhere to be seen. <laughs> Way down here at the bottom, 204 yards a game. Look at the Texans not last anymore. So, and, and look, Walt said, Jonathan Taylor is the best running back this year, but that doesn't make him MVP worthy, and I'm a fan of his. It does make him MVP worthy, though. If they're a playoff team, and I, I and I, look, the, the, the big argument to me, Walt, against this, the big argument against this is the fact that they're not a division winner. They're not even the best team in their division. How much value can he have? I get that. That's a great and, and viable argument. But you can't say he's not an MVP candidate because imagine what this team is without Jonathan Taylor. It's Carson Wentz and. I, I don't think you can discount that. Uh, I mean, they, they have, what's the kid's name? Um, Pittman. Pittman's a good young receiver. I, I give you that. But, I mean, this is literally, this is, Jonathan Taylor is to the Colts is what Derrick Henry is to the Titans. Derrick Henry is an MVP candidate because we've seen the Titans without Derrick Henry. I mean, for goodness sake, we just saw him lose again. Let's, 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 uh, let's go take a, a gander at that using, using that logic here. Let's go pull up, uh, let's go pull up Tennessee. How long has Derrick Henry been out? Well, I can tell you he's been out for at least these games. Did he play against the Saints? Uh, he did not. When did Derrick Henry go out? Hold on, let's see here. Back up a little bit. I think he played against the Colts. Yep. Derrick Henry's last game was the Colts game. So since losing Derrick Henry, the Titans are 3-3. Three and three. As opposed to what? Uh, they were one, two, three. Let's see. One, two, three, four, five, six, and two. And now they're three and three. That's value. That's real value. So I could totally see that Colts team going from being a contender to a pretender if they lost Jonathan Taylor. So since that time, Derek Henry and, 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 and I mean, the Titans are three and three and slowly. And and probably um, concerned about losing their grip on the division because the Colts are surging. So I do disagree that I think he's he is an MVP candidate. He's not going to win it. He's just not going to win it. But he absolutely is a candidate. Justin said, if you take Jonathan Taylor off the Colts, they wouldn't even be close to a playoff team for that reason alone. He should be an MVP candidate. Totally agree. Joe Pro said, MVP and Heisman are the best QB on the best team awards. It, it, it is what it is. Yep. Fact. Derek Henley should have won MVP last year. I probably wouldn't disagree with you, although Tom Brady has a good, a legitimate argument. I mean, it, it's a quarterback league, so your MVP candidates are usually going to be quarterbacks. I get that. And that's okay, 
But I think you have to acknowledge when some of these other cats have value because other positions can have value besides that position. Right? Even defensively. I mean, rarely are you going to see a defense. Uh, what is this? 2020. Davy at Smith wanted as a wide receiver. A who what? A CC? On the set? Well, said it's a league award. Y'all think JT is the most valuable player in the entire NFL? Yeah, if he's not, then who is, Walt? It's not a league award. Value isn't for the league. Value is for your team. Value is, is it. You see, I disagree with you, Walt. Value doesn't mean, oh, you're the most valuable player in the league as a whole. It's your value to your team in the league. I mean, it's, it has nothing to do with, oh, who's, uh, Who's the, if you want to call, if that's the case, Walt, then don't call it most valuable player. Call it the best player award. That's different. That means in the league value has to be the value that you provide to your team. That's value. Because if that were the case, Walt, if that were the case, then shitty teams with great players would have MVP candidates, but they don't. So it's not a league thing. It's the value you provide to your team. Otherwise, it would be a best player award. Um, teams give team award, but that—that's not that's the, that's. Yeah, that's not the same thing, though. That's like saying, "Oh, I won my department award, but the company has a different award." It's, it's about what 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 it should mean. What it should be is the value that you as a player have and how that translates on your team which is again why you rarely ever see a losing team with an mvp candidate or player period you're rarely ever going to see that and if that were the case and if you want to do that that's fine and i actually agree with the fact that this should be a league award and call it the best player but you know why they don't do that because then tom brady would win it every year LeBron James would win it every year. Mike Trout would win it every year, no matter what, because injured or not, on the field, on the court or not, they're the best players. They're going to win it. So they have to say value because it's value to the team you play on. And right now, Jonathan Taylor has a ton of value. And not not to, I mean, the dude has emerged as a real threat. And let's be real, running backs come and go. And that's part of the problem, right? In three years to four years, Jonathan Taylor is going to be a Jonathan who? Who? Because that's just how it goes in football when you're a running back. Your lifespan is about four years unless you're Frank Gore. Four to five years. Yeah, that is true, Dandy Dan. Trout still wins it half the time when he doesn't even play. Because he gets out to such a big lead. Uh, Total Dallas said it's either JT or AA Ron. Unfortunately, it's the best player award. Valuable is just part of the name. <sighs> yeah. But that's been my argument. And again, I, I fully appreciate, understand, and this is why he won't win it, but how much value can you have on the second place team in a division? Totally get it. But don't sleep, man, because who do they? Who, so... The Titans have the Dol- the Niners, the Dolphins, and the Texans left. 
So they've they've got a slightly favorable schedule over the Colts. What do we say the Colts had? Let's see. The Colts have the Cardinals, the Raiders, and the Jags. So they both have shit teams left in the Jags and the Texans, but Cardinals, Raiders versus... Cardinals, Raiders for the Colts versus Niners, Dolphins for the Titans. I mean, Dolphins are surging. Shout out Philip Barnard. Um... That's a tough one to pick. By the way, I got to say something. Can we all just acknowledge something? Speaking of Philip Barnard, I know he's not here right now, and I I know he would want to be here uh, because this would give him a major chub. Zoom out. But I wanted to acknowledge the Dolphins for a second. Now, granted, this is not a murderer's row of who who they're playing. But Philip called his shot, and and it's going to get a little more difficult now. But he said the Dolphins are going to win out and go 10-7. and seven. And he called that during the week of the Texans game. No lie. I'm not, I'm not making this up. After a team that started off with a win and then lost seven in a row, they have now come back and won six in a row. And he said they'll finish 10-7. and seven. Now, can they beat the Saints? Absolutely. Absolutely. Can they beat the Titans? You betcha. Patriots is going to be a little bit different. Now, Belichick might be resting his squad, and, and, and that would be the best thing for him is if they've got it locked up and sewed up and don't have to play anybody, Belichick rests his team. Dolphins get a win. So, shout out, Phillip. Hey, you've been right so far, and you might be right next week too. Sorry, Saints fan. Uh, but yeah, that's a t- boy. It, this maybe it's just me, but this league this year, more so than any other year, and I've been doing sports talk radio or something like that for seven years, and it used to be just on Sundays, and then it was daily. And you know, it, regardless of that, I have been had to talk about football on the radio or into a microphone for seven straight years, and I cannot remember a time in the last seven years where it has been this difficult to. To, to pinpoint what a team is in, on, on so many teams. Like, who are the Dolphins? Well, they're 500. Well, yeah. But that first seven games that they lost compared to the next six that they, I don't know what they are. Right? The Colts, I don't know what they are. The Raiders, the, the Niners. The Niners looking good yesterday. What, what, what team is this? The Chiefs, I think we know what they are. I think we know what the Bucks are. What are the Rams? The Bills? The Patriots could easily start losing a couple here and there. Hell, they lost to the Colts. It's possible. Anything is possible. You keep hearing the word parody used over and over, and it should be. And it, it's, the, it's the appropriate word for this season. But my goodness. There's been so many upsets. The the fucking, excuse my language, the Lions just go out and absolutely maul. <laughs> I don't get it. Uh, they go out and just roll the Cardinals. What is happening? I mean, you know, Texans going to Texans. <laughs> Rob, Will Fuller out for the season with a finger injury. <laughs> He's Ronnie Lot tough. No, Will Fuller's not Ronnie Lott. He's more Ronnie not, as in Ronnie not going to be on the field. Uh, 
Danny Dan says it seems like every position is still up for grabs. I know when they do the in the hunt, like literally every team but the bottom two or three is still in the hunt in the playoffs. It's crazy this year. And this, and I saw somebody say it. I don't remember who it was. It was on a broadcast. I don't want to take credit for it. But they were like, this is exactly what the NFL wanted. This is exactly why they added an extra team into the playoff mix. They want more cities in the league. They want more teams in the league, in the hunt, down the stretch. They want they want football to matter more in the last couple of weeks of the season. And right now it still does. So good for them. And it's good for the fans. As much as you want to be a hater about it, and trust me, I hate some of the shit, some of these decisions that they make. I I feel like, you know, the NBA, oh, everybody's still in it. They've gone from eight to ten teams now. Jesus. But if it makes it fun down the stretch, what's the problem? What's the big deal? Um, yeah, Dan said it is a tight race this year. No doubt. Um, no side cast of the Myrtle Beach Bowl. Yeah, sorry. I don't have the yeah, we're not running Myrtle Beach Bowl. Um, let's see. Let me get over here. Rest of the sketch. Zoom out. There's not as much enthusiasm on that. So Buffalo beats Carolina. Truck driver Pookie said, who are the Lions? I mean, we kind of know who the Lions are, but let's, let's, let's think about this for a second. As much as we're shitting on the Lions, they're two 11 and one. They easily could have beat the Steelers. That makes them three and 11. If not for the doink. They beat the Ravens right there. Easily makes them uh, 4-11 or 4-10, excuse me. Let's see. Yeah, 3-11, that'd be 4-10. And, and then they have a back-to-back game where they, they should have won two in a row. Which was it? Was it the Ravens and then the Bears? Wasn't that a last-second loss for them? They've had a couple of heartbreaking losses this year. Within the waning moments. Okay, so it wasn't the Bears game. What game was it? Oh, Vikings. That was it. Yeah, look at that. No time left on the clock. A 54-yard field goal. Easily could have won that game. The Lions could be a five or six win team. And that's not great. I get it. But, you know, you'll, you'll hear sometimes, oh, they're better than their record. I really do think the Lions are better than their record. Are they good? No. They're good enough to go out and beat the best team in the NFC. Or one of, at least, in the Cardinals. This year is just absolutely crazy, man. So here's your standings. So over in the in the AFC, New England's 9-5. Bills are 8-6. Dolphins are 7-7. Seven seven. They've won six straight. Longest winning streak, uh, oh, well, no, the Chiefs have the longest with seven. Second longest winning streak in the AFC. And the Jets are eliminated. Bengals, Ravens, Browns, Steelers. Look at that. Look at it. Eight and six, eight and six, seven and six, seven, six and one. It's crazy talk. Titans and Colts, one game in the lost column separates them. One game. Chiefs, uh, starting to run away with the AFC West, but the Chargers... Still viable. Broncos still viable. Hell, the Raiders win this week and they're in it. So let's look at the playoff picture. Playoffs? Look at in the hunt. Like literally 13 teams are still, quote, in the hunt, have not been eliminated yet and really aren't out of it. Legitimately, if the Raiders win today, they move to 7-7. and 
They're in this thing. I mean, the Bills hold the last playoff spot at eight and six. It's crazy. Absolutely crazy. And over in the NFC, you got the Packers at eleven and three have clinched. Cowboys ten and four. Bucks are ten and four. Cardinals ten and four. Rams nine and four. Niners eight and six. New Orleans seven and seven. I did hear somebody say yesterday. <laughs> Tony, <laughs> Tony said, if it wasn't for math, the Texans would be in a wild card hunt. Well, that's one way to look at it, Tony. That is definitely one way to look at it. Uh, I heard somebody say, watch out for the Niners. They literally could be a Super Bowl contender. Let's let's pump the brakes a little bit. They're like, no, that defense is, oh, man, you got to, hold on. Um, I'll, I'll pull up their schedule, but I really think we need to pump the brakes on the Niners being Super Bowl contenders. Let's calm down. There's a couple of teams in, in, in the National Football Conference that are better than the Niners. In fact, the, the top four teams. Now, the, the Cowboys have a few concerns, but maybe they get that out of the way now. Everybody seems vulnerable, though. Over here, it's a little bit different. You got 7-7. Seven and seven is the set. Can you believe the Saints are a playoff team? What? What? Washington six and seven, Vikings are six and seven, Eagles six and seven, Falcons six and eight. And then you're like, okay, the rest of these teams are out of it. So the in the hunt in the NFC, not nearly the same as the in the hunt in the AFC. In fact, I think it's safe to say that once we figure out what these teams are going to be, and the Falcons, I don't think they're in the mix on that. But Eagles, Vikings, Washington and the Saints, you got to figure out who they are. But one of those teams is going to make the playoffs. One of those crappy teams. Uh, so, I mean, it's look, it's fun. It's good times had by all, right? Cowboys are 10-4 and four in the division. There was a moment where it looked like, uh-oh, what's happening to the Cowboys? They've now rattled off three straight. Packers have clinched. They're 11-3. and three. They've sewn up that division. Bucks have kind of well, the Bucks have clinched their division. Cardinals are the only ones whose division where they're at in the division is is in in question still. They've lost two in a row. Rams have won two in a row. Niners think that they're still in it, but they're two back in the loss column. So the Niners at this point are a wild card team, but the Rams could still win the division. In fact, let's look at uh let's take a look at their schedules real quick here. Down the stretch, the Rams have the Seahawks, or excuse me, yeah, the Seahawks tomorrow on a Tuesday. The Vikings, the Ravens, and the Niners. So they still have to play the Seahawks, so they'll win that. So the Rams are going to move to 10-4, and four, which, which has them basically tied with the Cardinals in the NFC West. And yes, I'm assuming they beat the Seahawks. So after this week, Cardinals have Colts, Cowboys, Seahawks. Not easy at all. Not, not, not by any stretch. And the Rams have Vikings, Ravens, Niners. Also not easy. Not a layup. At least at least the Cardinals have a layup in the Seahawks. Kind of. I mean. So it's going to be interesting down the stretch, but that's literally the only division in the NFC that is even close to being up for grabs. It's going to be fun, though. These last three weeks should be interesting. Shut up, Rob. Fuck those stream element links. Tired of them. Need to take that shit off. Uh, yeah. So I think that's a. I think we got everything in here. Let's see schedule. 
Did I miss any good games? Did we miss talking anything specific? Uh, Denver, San Fran. I mean, Denver, Cincy. Okay. San Fran rolling the Falcons. That's whatevs. Uh, Green Bay barely hanging on to beat Baltimore. Oh, that's what I wanted to talk about. I mean, we'll get to the Tampa New Orleans game too, but I did want to discuss for a, for a hot second. So a couple things, let's just go, let's go back up to the top here. Talked a little Miami, uh, Dallas, this Dallas giants game. The reason why it was fun. What's up flip. The reason why this was fun and funny. The giants had fan appreciation day. And gave everyone a free medium Pepsi. <laughs> except, except, except they didn't give everyone a free Pepsi. Only account holders. So if you had four tickets to the game, you didn't get free Pepsi for all f- medium Pepsi. Medium, not large, not large, medium Pepsis. You only got one Pepsi. I know you have four tickets, but this is for account holders. The Giants are awful. Awful. Dude, give everybody a shirt. Give everybody a replica jersey or something. What are you doing? A free medium Pepsi. And folks, to be honest, they probably called up Pepsi and were like, hey, you want to go have these on this? Pepsi was like, fine. We'll split it with you. Whatever. Just awful. <laughs> Select customer appreciation only. Yeah. Yeah. If we don't have your name, we don't appreciate you. <laughs> you ever get that question? Oh, I hate that. Who does that? Um, Hooters. Every time I'd go to Hooters, which by the way, I like Hooters. Hey, 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 Orlando. Don't be talking shit about Diet Coke, pal. Orlando said, Pepsi, I'd rather drink Diet Coke. Hey, so would I. Oh, that burned. Oh, God. Oh, that burned shit. Pepsi is not preferred. Pepsi is the drink of Yankees. Get out of here with that Yankee carpet bag and bullshit. Nobody likes Pepsi. Not even not no self-respecting Southerner is gonna like Pepsi. I'll tell you that damn much. We're all into Coke down here. Coke, Coca Cola, Coca. Well, I'm okay. And Dr Pepper. I got I got tired of Dr Pepper though. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. Especially when I found out it was made with prune juice. Oh, that's the rumor, anyways. Team Pepsi. Hey, how about Team Go Have Sex with Yourself? <laughs> Tony said, "Yeah, go back north, TD." Yeah, Coke over Pepsi every day, right? That's because you're a Southern man. Good Southern man right there. If you're Team Pepsi, I'd like to invite you to take your ass uh, back up north there, sir. Back out east there, sir. Also, make up your mind. Are you north or east? Pepsi or Diet Pepsi? Team Coke. Thank you, Orlando. Thank you. All right, we're doing a poll. I'm going to do a poll right now. Are you... Team Pepsi, Team Coke, or Team Dr. Pepper?
Let's go. Uh, Sorry about that. That was a lot of Diet Coke I just chugged. Oh, shit. So there, go vote. I want to know who's got what. Team Coke, Team Pepsi, Team Dr. Pepper. All right, so um, that was the Giants thing. Let's keep rolling here because there was a couple more things I'm going to get to. I'm not going to take a break yet. I'm good. I don't need to pee yet. Uh, Jacksonville, Houston, who gives a shit? That was the who's, everybody sucks bowl. I did want to say one thing, though, about this. Um, I saw a tweet. Let me find it. Clint Sterner. Clint Sterner tweeted out the following. Not only is Davis Mills team winning the head to head with Trevor Lawrence today, he's outplaying the number one overall pick. What? What? I mean, you talk about the hottest of hot takes. This is look, I understand that you work at the station that is the the flagship for the team. I get that. You didn't have to tweet that though. You could have just said, hey, great game by Davis Mills. But bro, that, that's that is a ridiculous, ridiculous tweet. You're literally comparing two shitty teams to each other. You're I mean, there's a saying, world's tallest little person. That's what that is. This is the world's tallest little person. You're like, yay, at least I'm three foot eight. At least I'm not three foot one like that guy. <laughs> That's what this is. There's literally, there's literally, okay. If you've got kids or you're at a place of business, put some headphones in because daddy's about to get gross for a second, but I'm going to tell you exactly what this tweet is. I'm going to tell you exactly what this tweet is. This tweet, this tweet that you're looking at, put your headphones in kids. We're about to get adult for a second. This tweet. <laughs> Fidel said you rang. See, I didn't even make a short joke about you, Fidel. This is what this is. So Clint Sterner says, not only is Davis Mills outplaying and his team outplaying the other team, uh, he's outplaying the number one overall draft pick on a shitty squad with coaching issues. So there's a thing called micro penis. And if we get the clear definition of micro penis, micro penis, let's let me give me to give you the definition. There's actually like a limit. So like when you see, oh my God, don't put that full screen. Jesus. Oh, don't Google it folks. I'm just going to tell you, but a micro penis is smaller than seven centimeters or two and three quarter inches for an adult. So I want you to think about that. I got to get that off the screen. If you have a two and three quarter inch penis, you have a micro penis. If you have a three inch penis, if you have a two and seven eighths inch penis, you do not have a micro penis. Clint Sterner, his tweet 
is basically a dude with a two and seven eighths inch dick making fun of a dude with a two and three quarter inch dick and calling him a micro penis. What are you doing? This is the most ridiculous shit I've ever heard of. This is silly. I guess there has to be a cutoff point. Like at some point it's gotta be like, oh, okay. Yeah, you go from, you know, there's a line, micro penis to regular penis. There should be some gray area. But Clint, this ain't it, fam. This ain't it. Saying that Davis Mills is playing better than Trevor Lawrence isn't saying much at all because Trevor Lawrence is absolute ass this year. He's garbage. And sure, toe the company team line. I I understand you got the job to do. I get it, buddy. I don't. I don't begrudge you that. Let's pull up some stats, though, of the two. Let's open up Dave Mills. Let's go to NFL stats. God, got to be careful. God, that zoom out. Boy, that fucking wiki page. Don't go to the wiki page of micropenis at work, kids. Hi, Donna. Boy, you came in at an awkward time. Uh, What did Clarence say? Did a picture of house come up? <laughs> Shots fired. That ain't nice. Um, <laughs> Cherry runs to Google. E, you can't unsee it, Cherry. Boy, you just can't. Let's go. Let's go take a look at passing leaders. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Mosey on down here. Yards. Let's see. Let's see. Davis Mills is twenty nine. Awesome. Trevor Lawrence is 20, 29-45 to 19-46. This is what we're doing. The 20th best passer in the league. And you're saying, ah, he's outplaying him. It's the worst offense in football. That's what the Texans are. That's what the Texans are. The worst offense in football. Period. He's got a 69.3 rating. Davis Mills has, has an 82 this is just this is just trash. Oh, Clint, what are you doing, buddy? Let's see. Trevor, uh, we've got the we got the side by sides. Here we go. Davis Mills. 1946 yards passing, 10 touchdowns, nine interceptions, a 27.9 QBR. 29.45, nine touchdowns, 14 interceptions. 31.7. Now, I understand that Davis Mills hasn't played in as many games, so he's not going to have as many yards. But a 27.9, that's game independent. You don't have to, that's just what you're, I mean, dude, what are we talking about? We're talking about 31.7 to 27.9 ratings. Like this, it was a dumb analogy. Did, is that true? Did Hitler really have a micro penis? Well, that would explain a whole lot. Yeah, that would explain an awful lot. Uh, <laughs> so Google's not my friend today. No, I, 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 I told you. I told. Yeah, don't, don't do it, Donna. Can't unsee it, but also can't look away, Sherry. <laughs> Donna, don't Google micro penis unless you miss house. Wait, no, no, no. <laughs> Rob said, put some respect on skills mills. I mean, have you watched the dude play? 
I will say when he went eleven for eleven in that start of that one game a couple weeks. Remember that? Remember that one game when he looked good for a drive? Pretty impressive. Ray said, "Yeah, but Trevor has a subway commercial that has to count for something. Yeah, it means he's made more money off the field than than Davis Mills has. I don't know. I wonder if that page had let's see, micro." I wonder if they're if they have on the wiki page. Ugh. I wonder if they have famous names of people. Oh my gosh, they also have see also intersex, penis size, buried penis, not bury, buried, buried, b u r i e d, webbed penis. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. What? Webbed penis? And hard flaccid syndrome. These are all the see also's on the wiki page. Wow. All right. Um, I guess you could take hormone treatment. Growth of the penis both before birth and during childhood and puberty is strongly influenced by testosterone. And to a lesser degree, the growth hormone. However, later indigenous hormones mainly have value in the treatment of micropenis caused by hormone deficiencies. Such as hypo pituitarism oh, and hypogonadism oh no regardless of the cause of micropenis if it is recognized in infancy a brief course of testosterone is often prescribed so you guys got to be on the lookout those of you with sons as infants do your kid a solid do your boy a favor not your boy do your do your son a favor be on the lookout for micropenis. Get him some get him some uh, testosterone. No additional testosterone is given during childhood to avoid unwanted viralization and bone maturation. Okay. Testosterone treatment is resumed in adolescence only for boys with hypogonadism. Penile growth is completed at the end of puberty, similar to the completion of height growth. So once you're done growing, you're done growing. I guess you could get an extension. Right, right. Almost like a get an extended warranty. Uh, let's see. Penis enlargement has been devised and performed, but they are not generally considered successful enough to be widely adopted. So if you got it, you got it. You just that's how Jesus made you deal with it. I don't know what else to tell you. Uh, but yeah, the cutoff is. It says, and this is the quote from Wikipedia: Micropenis is an unusually small penis. A common criterion is a dorsal. Erect penile length of at least two and a half standard deviation smaller than the mean human penis or smaller than about two and three quarters inches. So that's erect for an adult when compared with an average erection of 12 and a half centimeters or five inches. So there you go. It's crazy. Two and three quarters inches erect. Some of you are a quarter of an inch away from a king and quarter of an inch away from a queen uh demata said you can get an extension and pump it up what yes i just told you cc does the two inches mean erect yeah so it's two and three quarters erect not flaccid some people are showers not growers you know you're walking around with a two and a half for but then you might be able to get it to four and a half almost average it's okay ain't no shame in that Donna. Donna's like, 
Okay, is everyone ready for Christmas? Donna, we're all adults here. We can talk about micro penis as adults. It's okay. It's not. It's okay. We're going to talk about micro boobs next. Just kidding. Also, House. No. <laughs> Sorry, House. That was so mean. Uh, Steven, the other guy said, do micro peens get a discount at dinky ones? Oh, that's a good question. <laughs> House said done growing, so I'm pulling on this damn thing for nothing. Yeah. I saw an article. This is going to get weird, by the way. This probably the rest of the show might be weird. We got about 45 minutes left. There was one article I think I read where a guy was like trying to make his thing grow. So he attached weights to it. Like he tied a string to weights. And then he would tie the string on the other side to his dong and let it just like, ah, and I don't know if it worked or not. I don't remember. I just remember reading that a while back that that was how he tried to make it grow. It's like, man, just there's no way I'm tying a dumbbell to my dong. No. This is how Jesus made me. If you don't like it, that's cool. Bounce. I'm not, I'm not stretching out my dong. I'm not doing that. Um, <laughs> Walt, that was funny. I'm surprised CZ doesn't have a summer house in the Congo. <laughs> Fidel said, how do you know she doesn't, Fidel? How do you know she doesn't? Uh, Total Dallas said, Somebody bring up micro penis definitions at Christmas and then report back January 3rd. Well, I can tell you that if I brought it up in my house, we would just have a rational discussion about micro penis, especially with Jenny as mom. You cannot phase Jenny as mom with sex talk. You just can't. Like, she's just... Oh, honey, you want to talk about micro penises? Okay. What's up? What do you want to know? Like, what? No, mom, I don't know. Is this, is this okay, mom? She's like, it's normal, baby. Don't worry about it. Like, you can't phase Jenny's mom with that. Now, my dad, maybe. But, yeah, uh, it's the grandparents that you can get with it. Joe Pro said, gonna get weird. Okay, fair enough. Fair, fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> she said, oh, hell no. My mom would fall to her knees in prayer. Oh, uh, see. I almost said something wildly inappropriate, but I shan't. I shan't do that. I shan't be the guy. But I almost said something wildly inappropriate. You can't talk about micro penis in religion. You just, you, 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 you can't do it. You can't do it. Oh my God, Demona, what are you doing? Now I got to Google that. The AMS 700, let's see. AMS 700 penile implant. Oh, from Boston Scientific. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. No. Who's putting this in their body? 
Hold on. I'm saving this chat. We're going to get down to brass tacks here. What is this? Dmata. First of all, how did you find out about this? Second of all, do they have a payment plan? <laughs> uh, let's see here. This is what Dmata is referring to when he says the AMS 700. this so i can be on this i want to be on the screen with this dong looking thing zoom out what on earth is that why is there you mean i gotta hook this thing up every time no thanks no thanks that doesn't look comfy at all that doesn't that doesn't look comfy at all. Our most popular inflatable prosthesis line offers a combination of features focused on both surgeon and patient satisfaction. It's available with or without pre-connected cylinders and pumps for either an infrapubic or penoscrotal approach. <laughs> Goddamn minute. Zoom out. Hey, hey, woman, you ready? Yeah, I'm a rockier world. It gets a little harder as it as it gets harder. All right, you ready? Oh shit! I forgot to hit the cutoff valve. Hold on, let me get. I got play back in. Hold on. Where are you? Where are you going? I'm almost ready. Okay, I got the shut off valve on it this time. What in the actual fuck? You got to pump this up like a bicycle tube. You're over here fucking. Get that one of them foot pumps and shit. Oh my god, this is fucking insane. Who's pumping their dick up? I'll be right back. I'm going to go to the bathroom. All you hear is the bathroom. No, thanks. This is absolutely ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. What if you inflate it with a helium? <laughs> then you're just floating like a, like a parade. Oh, my God. Short Tower Pookie said, I'm learning so many new words. It's fascinating, right? Was <laughs> he checking his blood pressure? Right? You gotta slowly let it out. Oh my god. All that struggle and pain just to have her say, ouch, too much. <laughs> ah, that's great. Does it make you put Damn, did y'all hear my stomach growl? Oof. What's up, Aaron? You got in at a weird time. I'm not Queef? Okay. <laughs> Super weird. I don't... I want to know what the valve is on the bottom. That that thing, like, right there, eye level with me. What is that? It's got ribs on it. It looks like... Comes with a USB cord. <laughs> you gotta charge it overnight. Could you imagine? You've got, like... you got micro penis, so you get this thing plugged in. You've got sleep apnea. You just, I just like you just look like a 
The Bionic Man. Oh, this is Steven the Weather Guy. Hey, there's a good raffle item for the Streamathon next year. The AMS 700. Be like, can I bid in confidence? Can I bid? Can I bid in private? Can I just anonymously bid on that? Like $8,000. I wonder how much that thing costs. Let's see. How much? How much does an AMS 700 cost? I can't imagine that that would be okay. Just walk. Oh, my God. $20,000. And it looks like the pump is inside your body. You're just like, well, time to get big. Like, what? It's inside your body. This is so bizarre to me. I can't show this picture because it's got an actual, like, penis, but. So the little, the, this little thing, hold on. This little, the, 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 that little thing, that little thing right there, the little, the little tickler, that goes in your balls. And then the pump is inside your body somewhere. I'm so confused. I thought you would have like a port. Like you could just go down to the, to the, uh, to the stripes and just pull up and drop a dollar twenty-five in the quarter machine with the little air hose. And we all, and then just hit the tires and head home. Apparently, it doesn't have a port on it. It's all internal. But this, this is really like it looks like it's more for you know firmness and not not length. This is crazy. Yeah, I think this is more for, oh, no, it says the AMS 700 LGX stands for length and girth expansion. So the AMS CX, the the 700 CX stands for controlled expansion. Upon inflation, the cylinder expands in girth. In other words, the cylinder becomes thicker during the erection. This is a result of the unidirectional Dacron weaver in the middle layer of the cylinder. Gotcha. The, uh... The LGX stands for length and girth expansion. Upon inflation, the cylinder expands in girth and in length. It's a result of the bidirectional Dacron weaver in the middle layer of the What are we doing? Can we just... Uh, speaking, of, speaking of cups, I don't know. Let's just get out of this. This got weird. Rob said this better be a comedy bit soon. It's kind of weird. It's super weird. So Derek Lewis, if you didn't know, is the knockout king of the UFC. Let's, let's give it up for Derek Lewis. <clears throat> Crazy thing is, is um, if you go back, my buddy Bob Perez did it on his Instagram. Let's see. Bob Perez MMA Instagrams. Here we go. I'm going to share this real quick. God, I got to make sure I don't get the right thing by mistake. All right. Uh, zoom out. So. So this is a picture of Derek Lewis in 2014 when he entered the UFC. And then in 2021 currently. What I want to point out 
is that if you look on his chest, as he's got the same tattoo that he had when he came to the UFC. And it says Knockout King. Oh, of course it's not going to work when I zoom in. Oh, there we go. Maybe that'll. So you can clearly see on his chest it says Knockout King. That was in 2014 as he entered the UFC. That was his nickname going into the UFC. And uh, he has since become the knockout king of the UFC. So congratulations to Derek Lewis, the all-time leader of knockouts. That is no that is no easy feat. I'm going to tell you right now, that is no easy task to do. It's like, uh, I mean... There are a lot of knockouts that occur, and there are a lot of knockout artists. So for for him to be the man speaks volumes of his dedication. And look, it's not like, you know, he's a he catches you by surprise because he's wrestling and, and doing jiu-jitsu and all that stuff. I mean, the dude is a brawler and a knockout artist. That's what he does. And he's damn good at it. So congratulations to Derek Lewis. Also want to say thank you to Derek Lewis, who was kind enough to supply us with a couple of signed gloves for our auction. Uh, for the streamathon, which look, it helped. Uh, we sold each of the gloves or raised two hundred dollars per glove, so four hundred dollars courtesy of Derek Lewis. So I appreciate Derek for doing that, and uh, congratulations. The one thing he did say after the fight, which by the way, if you didn't watch it, it was oh nasty, nasty punches thrown. Uh, but he said he doesn't want to do any more five round fights. He said he wants to stick with three round fights because it's not fun for him anymore. And I don't blame him, but five round fights is where the money's at. That's what they say. Four and five. That's the money rounds. So if you want that title shot, you just got to not let it go five rounds. I guess that's the, that's the, that's the ticket. Uh, Tony said, I wouldn't fight Lewis. His punches look like it would hurt. Oh yeah. Totally look like it would hurt. Uh, but congratulations to him, and congratulations to his trainer, uh, Bob Perez, who's been a guest on this show before and who has done a great job in uh, helping. And and the, the, the great thing about Bob as a trainer with Derek Lewis is it's not just about training Derek for fights, but it's about playing to his strengths and weaknesses and knowing what you can and can't do with Derek. Derek's a – he knows what he wants to do. He's a stubborn dude in a way that he's like, I'm going to do it my way. And so you're not going to change who Derek Lewis is, and that's been Bob's best attribute is he never tried to change who Derek is. He never tried to turn Derek into a wrestler, despite the fact that a lot of people, yours included, were like, man, if Derek had some wrestling, if he had some jiu-jitsu, Bob's like, he don't want it. Why am I going to make this dude go out and learn that shit? He's not going to use it. He's not going to, like, just, I got to let Derek be Derek. And that's Bob's best attribute is he was smart enough to recognize that and Derek has parlayed this into an amazing career, two title shots, probably in line for a third, and especially if Cyril Gaon can't go in his press conference, Dana said, hey, keep your bag packed just in case. I mean, we could see Derek get a third title shot in the next couple of months. So Joel said, I can't believe Derek was an underdog, right? That's the crazy thing because he was an underdog going into that fight, and that fight wasn't close. And if you heard his post-fight uh, press conference, he's like, I did that one for Rodney King. Swear to you. That was his quote, not mine. Did that for Rodney King. How often do you get to go in there and punch a cop in the face and not have any repercussions? That's Derek, though. That's Derek. I once I remember I interviewed him once. I was like, what goes through your mind? How do you get yourself psyched up to fight your opponent? 
He said, well, I just pretend like if it's a white guy, I just pretend like he called me the N-word right when the bell rings. It's like, what? He's like, yeah. I just I just imagined in my head that he called me that word. Whatever it takes, dude. Whatever it takes, I guess. Uh, Tony said five-round fights are only worth it if you have two guys that want to exchange blows. And, Car- well, not, I mean, it's not that Derek's not willing to exchange. It's really more about cardio. Some guys are just never, ever going to have good cardio. And some guys are going to have cardio that just never stops. Uh, Roy Nelson is a guy wildly out of shape. Disgusting fat body. A, a, a mountain of a man. Cardio for days. You can't outwork him. He's going to go forever. Clay Guida, same guy. Dominic Cruz, same guy. Cardio for days. Some dudes just don't have good cardio and they're never going to get it. So you got to do what you got to do. Got to get those knockouts. Um, Let's see. Three round is plenty for grapplers. Yeah, unfortunately, that's not all grapplers. Uh, they're, I mean, a lot of these, especially the heavyweight division, rarely do you get just a grappler in the heavyweight division. So congratulations to Derek Lewis, Houston's own. Did the South Side afterwards, which was dope to see. Uh, but Derek doing it his way, man. And he is an absolute fan favorite, and I love to see it because uh, he has been great for the UFC, and the UFC has been great for him. I just I totally forgot about the pod bean. We still got folks over there listening. Good to go. I'm missing some of y'all's. I wish there was a way for me to get the chat over there. I really do. I wish there was a way for me to get the chat funneled into vMix. Maybe I'll ask them one day if they can add that as a feature item. I don't know. Um. Okay. Yeah, I'm sorry. Sorry, guys. I'm way behind over there. Uh, all right, let's do this. What else we got? Got Derek Lewis out of the way. Oh, I wanted to talk about this for a second. What time is it? 3.34? I have to pee, but I'm not going to take a break. I think we can make it to the end. I'm going to close off that. I didn't get to watch this yesterday, but this was a pretty cool thing. Just the fact that Tiger is back on the golf course is pretty amazing in and of itself. But in the PNC, what do they call it? The PNC Classic? PNC Championship. It's basically father and son. So Tiger, not only was he back and playing after the accident, he got to get out there with his son, Charlie, and play. And folks, I'm here to tell you, Watch out in about eight to ten years. Because Charlie Woods is a beast of a golfer. Dude, I was watching him. They were showing highlights on Scott Van Pelt Sports Center. I was like, oh my God, this kid is amazing. And he was. He was absolutely amazing. Yeah, and his like father, like son to a T, man. Had a little fist pump going, hit a shot, twirl the club, like. You're like, oh, shit. Okay. Yeah, he's going to be a badass. If he can keep it together, he's going to be a badass. Because he already was. And they were in the hunt. This dude is 12. John Daly played. Donna said, good old John Daly. It, it's so sad to watch him, Donna. I got to be honest with you. Uh, I got to pull up a picture of John Daly. Because it, it makes my heart hurt. Like, literally, like a, like congested. To look at John Daly. I gotta find uh let's see, John Daly. He looked like Santa Claus out there with his kid. It was like a oof. Like you don't look healthy, John. 
Like this, this, this can't be good. Here we go. Here's one picture. And obviously, I mean, you know, he's, he's John Daly. He's not the epitome of health to begin with. Let me get over here to this. Oh, go away for freak's sake. Stop. So this is at uh, golf.com, but this was what John Daly looked like on the course there. Uh Oh, why'd that pop up? That's what John Daly looked like on the course there. I mean, not the... That wouldn't have surprised me at all, Don, if he was still out there smoking on the course. I wanted to, um, there was a picture of him and his son, which was pretty awesome. Let's see, open image in new tab. That's what we want. I'm going to take this over here. Uh-oh, what happened there? So this was daily with his son, which I thought was a cool picture, a cool moment. Uh, to see the two out there, but yeah, I mean, look at John. He looks like he's like they found him on the road. Like he don't care. John Daly don't give a shit what you think or what I think, and I'm here for that. But man, it just doesn't look healthy. He can still golf though. Daly still has it, man. He can still golf. Uh, what was the fine? I think he won by a couple strokes, if I'm not mistaken. Look at that. Look at him. Look at him. Just John Daly is every man. John Daly is every man. But it was really cool to see Tiger out there with his 12-year-old son. He said he wanted to play. He played back from the, you know, he's probably never going to play competitively, at least not on the regular circuit. I, I imagine giving him five or ten years, maybe we see Tiger on the senior circuit playing some. But cool to see him out there with his kid. I mean, this this photo, I really liked this photo. Um, so many similarities and watching him play. And let's be real. There's a lot of pressure to be the son of one of the greatest golfers of all time, to be the son of any great athlete. I mean, if you're Michael Jordan's kid, if you're Tiger Woods's kid, That's a lot of pressure. And so I hope that this doesn't, that that doesn't, you know, change Charlie Woods. I hope that he's, you know, learns how to deal with it and all that. I, you want to see him be as great as his dad, you know, you don't, but you want to see him have a normal ish life as, as normal as you can have. It's already probably weird and different for him. And I only thing I would say, the only thing that I would hope, is that he's he's this is his choice to do these things right like you hope that you got the feeling tiger maybe didn't choose to play golf that his dad willed him to be a great golfer okay i just i just i don't have kids so i don't know what it's like to raise a kid or but i i know that one thing i wouldn't want to do is force my kids to play a sport or do something that they didn't want to do. So you hope that this was his choice. That it was like, daddy, I want to play golf with you. Well, come on. And then he starts to play and it's like, I love playing golf, dad. I want to keep going. Teach me how to be better. Cool. And then they can bond over that. 
But you hope, you hope that this was his choice. You hope that these kids, it's their choice to do it, that they're not forced to do it. And I'm not saying Tiger is, I'm not suggesting that. I'm just saying, you know, I don't know. Um, Uh, Steven said, yeah, if I had kids, I'd force them into being a fledgling YouTube fuckface. Yeah, I would. I'd be like, no, you're going to sit in front of this camera and you're going to just say weird shit to people. Let's go. Say some weird shit. Say it. Amos said, MJ's kids are pretty well-adjusted adults. Good. That's good. I mean, think about that. Like kids of presidents, kids of world leaders, kids of famous people, man, that's a, that's a different life to live. Not only do you grow up around the fame and money, but then you've got to become some sort of adult. And if you're not, if you're not great, people are always going to judge you. Pretty crazy. Clarence said it looks like it's his choice. I mean, I don't know how you could tell that. Um, I just, like I said, I just, I hope it is because it was a really cool story and it was so cool to see those guys out there play. And by the way, the fact that they can do this tournament, the PNC tournament, the father and son tournament, you had Nick price out there. You had John Daly and his son tiger and his, I don't know how many are in the PNC championship. Let's see. Uh, so it's an unofficial event. Player field. You got Rich Beam and Michael Beam, Nick Faldo and Matthew Faldo, Tom Watson, Michael Watson, Heinrich Stinson and Carl Stinson, Tiger and Charlie Woods, Bubba Watson and Wayne Ball. <coughs> Not a COVID cough. Stuart Sink and Reagan Sink. Nelly Corda and Peter Corda. Justin Thomas, Mike Thomas, Lee Trevino, Daniel Trevino, VJ Singh and Cus Singh, Nick Price, Greg Price. Yeah, there's a, there's, okay, so there's a few more here. Jim Fuhrer container. Obviously, John Daly, uh, John Daly the second, Patrick Harrington and Patty. Obviously, if your dad's one of these guys, you're probably going to learn how to play golf. I wonder if there's anybody on this list that's just awful. That's just awful. Like, like, I wonder if, Gary Player's kid, Jordan Player, is just shit. Like 140 on a good day. Can't get off the tee. Just a just an awful, awful slice. Just 90 degrees off the tee in the woods. Out of the woods, into the woods. Just eight to tens on every hole. Hey, put me down for a snowman, Dad. Wouldn't it be great? You're like, listen, uh, the payday's good, kid. I know you suck at golf. You're not going to embarrass me. I don't give a shit. You're your own man, but let's go play. And they're just shit in the bed. You're just like, all right, I said it wasn't going to embarrass me, but God, just a little bit. Just try a little bit. Meanwhile, Charlie Woods is over there putting it within three feet on a par three, 170, just boink, as a 12-year-old. And you got this grown-ass man, Jordan player, Gary's son, just duffing it, doink, doink. What am I laying, Dad? 15. Jordan, you're laying 15. Jesus. That would be so great. Oh, that would be so great. It'd be like, uh, 
be like, you know, being the being the kid of a singer and you're just ah! it's like, okay, just play the guitar or some shit. Still waiting on Saints talk, Barry. Oh yeah, let's talk about the Saints for a second. My bad. Let's talk about the Saints. Really, let's talk about the Bucks and how awful they are. Um The Saints are one of those teams where they're just like half of the league. I don't know who the Saints are. I know this. I know I know in the beginning of the year the Saints defense was amazing. And then you got to wonder what happened to them sometime. But boy, are they back in a big way. Cam Jordan, I was I was this is an honest observation, all right? This is just an honest observation of last night watching Cam Jordan play. I'm like, how is this dude good at anything? He's built like an accountant. Like Cam Jordan Cam Jordan is built like a stalker at a, at an HEB. I mean, he's tall, he's a big guy, but I know a bunch of tall big guys that aren't athletic or strong. But he was wreaking that whole D-line was wreaking havoc on 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 the Bucks. And don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. When you're without Mike Evans, and Godwin and Leonard Fournette, and you got Vaughn and et all out there dropping balls left and right, not knowing where to line up and all this and that, and Tom's getting pissed off. Mike Evans and 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 uh Godwin are are critical to that offense. We see that, right? And so is Leonard Fournette. Because you think about it, I mean your first first thought is, well, they're not up front blocking. Well, yeah. But when you know when you know that you've got guys that are out running routes that can easily be covered man to man where you don't have to play zone. You don't have to, you know, you know, you, you can literally just line up and blitz Tom Brady every single time if you wanted to and not worried about getting beat in pass coverage. But the crazy thing is most of the night, it was just a four man front rushing Tom Brady and getting to him. So I don't know what happened to the, to the front five for the Tampa Bay bucks, but they, they played an awful game. Now, if you want to give credit to the, Bucks front four, or I mean to the the Saints front four, fine. But you would think, oh, well, it's because, no, it was just a four-man rush for most of the night. They were just getting to Tom Brady. And once they started to get to Brady, rarely can you say this, but they had him frustrated. They had him pissed off, but he was unable to beat Tom Brady. Don't make me mad. I think they said this in uh, early in the game. They were like, don't tug on Superman's cape. Well, that never worked. Oops. They did. There people on the same sidelines, coaches, assistants were talking shit to Tom Brady. And what that equal? Zero points. So you got to give props to the Saints defense. Uh, no Sean Payton. What's his name? The, the coordinator, Dirk Diggler, whatever the fuck his name is. That's a damn good good win for the Saints. And it was ugly. I'm going to tell you right now, though, they're going to have to go get a quarterback. Clarence, I, I, Taysom Hill is not the answer. He's just not. He's great in his role. And what I don't understand, what I, what I really don't understand about what the Saints did offensively in the game yesterday, you know that Taysom Hill is not a drop-back passer. He's just not. That's not what he is. Taysom Hill's got to be a guy that runs some wildcat, 
run some RPO. Occasionally, you surprise the defense by letting him drop back in the pocket, but stop trying to force Taysom Hill into being a drop-back passer. What I feel like the Saints need to do is embrace what he is, a run-first quarterback that can, if you if you line up wrong or you cover it wrong, he can beat you with his arm. But that's not the first option, but they're trying to force that. So what I think the Saints need to do is more Wildcat, more RPO, which is more R than PO. That's exactly right, CC. He's a running back that can throw the ball. Let him be that, right? Like, let him be that. Let him run the read option. Mix in a jump pass every now and then or a fade here and there. I just, I, I think they're they're trying they're trying too hard to square peg and round hole this guy. That sounds weird. And I think at the end of the day, the Saints need to realize what they've done. And and again, you know, you lost Jameis Winston. That was going to be the man. You know, he was supposed to come in and take over. And I don't think either of those guys are the long-term solution. I think if you're the Saints, you got to go look elsewhere, whether it be a, a legitimate quarterback via free agency or whatever. <laughs> that wouldn't surprise me. Look at that, Bubba, straight up. That's the equivalent. Hey, Taysom Hill is beating Tom Brady. That's so funny, Rob. Well done, my friend. Rob wins the chat for the day. I don't know why my head is itching so much. But that shows you how ridiculous the tweet was about Davis Mills and Trevor Lawrence, too. Um, massive. So they need to be the O three Dolphins. I, I don't know how what that's referencing. All I'm saying is they just need to recognize the fact that you have a, you have a running back that can throw the ball. And remember, let's not just say CC that he's a running back. He's a receiver too. Taysom Hill's value was the fact that he could come in and spell Drew Brees, get you a first down on fourth and short. Get you a touchdown on fourth and goal at the one. But also, you had the threat of a pass. And not this winged duck, you know, wounded bird-looking thing. Like, oh, yeah, they did run the Wildcat a lot in Miami. I'm just saying, like, you got to utilize him properly. They're really trying to force him to be something he's not. And they've given him, they've given him the opportunities. It's just, that's not him. So, I don't know. But their defense is going to take the Saints as far as they're going to go. It's not going to be their offense. Their offense is bad. But that defense, man, it's pretty good. They have a QB. He got hurt. No, Jameis Winston is not the QB of the future for the, for the New Orleans Saints. That's just not... What do you think? What do you think their record is if Jameis Winston is playing? They're seven and seven now. What are the Saints' record? Oh, Eric Resendez said Godwin's done for the season, torn ACL. We'll have to look that up. I have to validate that. Uh, what is this? Time to trade Brady? Oh, shut up.
I don't know what the, what's going on in the chat. Let me see. ES. ESPN, Bucks wide receiver, Godwin out for season, torn ACL. So that's on the front page of ESPN. If you need your um, Myrtle Beach Bowl update, it is Tulsa 20, Old Dominion 10 in the third quarter. So Jameis was 5-2. and two. Okay. So, just so, what's valid? Godwin's on my fantasy team. I've been stressing all day. Well, sorry. So the Saints were five and two with Jameis Winston. Okay. Now, let's see here. Saints, there we go. Schedule. They had beat the Bucks, the Seahawks, the Washington football team, the Patriots, and the Packers. They had lost to the Panthers and the Giants. Since then, they have lost to the Falcons, Titans, Eagles, Bills, and Cowboys and beat the Jets and Bucks. I mean, I want to argue with you. But five and two with those wins against the Packers, the Patriots, Washington and Seattle, but the Bucks, they've now beat the Bucks twice this year. One with Jameis Winston and one without. And didn't Winston get hurt in that game? Yeah, that's that's the game he left. What is happening? It's crazy talk. But again, maybe I'm just not being fair to Jameis Winston. Maybe I stand corrected. I don't know how you can say Jameis Winston is is your – I really uh, – honestly, if you're a Saints fan in the chat – oh, we didn't do our poll, by the way. I got to go close the poll out here. If you're a Saints fan in the chat, are you really – is Jameis Winston your quarterback of the future? Are you good for the next five years trying to win a Super Bowl with Jameis Winston? Honest to God, that's all I want to know. I'm not asking you – is he good enough? Will he? I'm just saying, if you're a Saints fan, are you, do you have Super Bowl aspirations if he's your quarterback for the next five years? That's all I want to know, just Saints fans. Not Cowboy fans, not Texans fans, not Dolphins fans. We've got a collection of about five to seven Saints fans in the chat. Do you feel like you can win a Super Bowl with Jameis Winston as your quarterback in the next five years? Yes or no? Now let me go close this poll out here. So, Team Coke won the poll. Team Coke won the poll. 47% Team Coke, 42% Team Dr. Pepper, 10% Team Pepsi. There you go. 40 votes. 40 votes. It's Team Coke. It's what we do, fam. It's what we do. Um... Yeah, as long as Sean Payton is coaching. Okay. So you believe in Sean Payton. You don't believe in Jameis Winston. Fair enough. Uh, Bucks knocked out Winston. Saints defense had an axe to grind yesterday. There you go. That's a good one, Joe Pro. A little axe to grind game going there. Um, Donna says no. Doesn't believe that Jameis Winston is the man to win a Super Bowl. CC's Team Coke. Um, I'm waiting to hear from Walt. I'm waiting to hear from Clarence. I'm waiting to hear from, uh, I heard from Amos. Who else is the Saints fan in there? Is he the guy? Is he the guy that you're comfortable and believe can help you win a Super Bowl in the next five years? So far, we're one and one. One and one. 
Let me see. Is there any more breaking news before we bounce? It's 55. Giants shut QB Jones down for the year. Okay. Bosa on COVID list ruled out for Sunday. Okay. That's it. That's it. Oh, Walt, I thought you were a Saints fan. I thought you were a Saints fan. Walt was over here saying Saints. I told you all the Saints were going to be trash all year. Oh, they beat the Bucks twice last year. That is true. Larry said, Jameis is not a scrub, but no, he isn't. Okay. Anything is possible, especially if Sean Payton is coaching. All right. Oh, my God. Shut your mouth, Alex Villanueva. Don't you put that out there. Did you put that bad juju on us Texans fans? Winston next Texans QB. Hate you. Hate you so much for saying that. Oh, I hate you so much. Oh, Walt said I'm an NFL fan. All right. Shut up, Walt. Hey, thank you for joining me for a post streamathon edition of the show. Tomorrow, I'll be joined by uh, Donnie Houston from the Donnie Houston Show, Donnie Houston Podcast. But the uh, unofficial, official scribe of Southern Rap, what he's turning into. Pretty cool. So, we're going to talk a little Astro World tragedy and get his thoughts on it uh we'll do some more i've got topics we didn't get to including we really didn't even talk about it yet i gotta change the thumbnail since we didn't but david coley might be on out the door already we'll get to that tomorrow i have some other things we didn't do any nba today so we'll do that tomorrow all right we got a show tomorrow and a show on wednesday and then i'm done for the year and i will see y'all january 3rd we will do one more sports riot for the year as well. That'll be tomorrow. If I didn't tell you already, thank you all again for making the streamathon something truly special. I'm truly proud of what we accomplished, and I appreciate y'all. All right, until tomorrow. Oh, I didn't do my reading. Till tomorrow, I'll do two reads. Be safe. Be kind. And most importantly, love each other.